This is a message that was recorded at Word of Life, a London City Church in Lewisham, London. May God bless you as you listen. Speaking negative things into your life, 
I command that it be quiet in the name of Jesus. And as Jesus said, peace be still in your home, in your circumstances, in your finance, in your health, peace be still. Father, I just want to thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. That wasn't part of my message. <laughs> amen, amen. Listen, my, the topic today is as the deer pants for the water. Amen. Let's quickly look at Psalm 42. From verse 1. It says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? I like what, how verse 2 puts it. Verse 2 says, my soul thirsts for God. Amen? And now, it's not just any God. Did you get me? It's not just any God. There are many gods out there. Amen? Many people are chasing after different gods. Many people are looking for different gods to satisfy their soul. But he says here, for the living God. The God who is alive. The God who can do and undo. The God who spoke into the darkness and created the light. The God who stretched out the earth like a curtain. That is the living God. And that's the one we should crave for. That's the one we should desire. That's the one we should pant for. Amen. When you look at psalmists and even writers, they always use the deer because a deer is used as a reminder for people to maintain their trust and devotion to God when they're going through their wilderness experiences. And also, a deer symbolizes the pursuit of spiritual thirst. When you look at the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3, 19, he says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Are you talking about strength? Are you talking about stability? Pants for God as the deer pants for water. Amen. In Isaiah 35 verse 6, he says, Then shall the layman leap like a deer. Hallelujah. Is there someone here? Spiritually, you feel lame. I want you to leap this afternoon. There are only two or three people who feel like leaping this day. Hey, you know, sometimes when this body begins to say to me, you're tired, you're exhausted. Hey, listen, I rest it when I have to. But there are times when I feel so spiritually dead. I know you guys are not like that. I get to that place where it's like everything about me is caving in. And I remember this psalm. Why are you cast down, O my soul? <laughs> Why are you cast down, O my soul? Put your trust in God. But there's got to be a thirst. 
You've got to be thirsty. Okay? We cannot do the same thing today that we did yesterday. I think that the Portuguese say, hasta mañana, hasta mañana, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. But listen, you need to do something. And that's something you need to do when you're down there is to chase after God. Chase after God. Run after God. As the deer pants for the water. Amen. The psalmist uses the panting of the deer for water as a metaphor for his own spiritual thirst for God. And this metaphorical phrase here refers to the intense desire of a deer when he needs water. Okay. How intense is your desire for God? Amen. Or do you give up when things are not going the way you want it to go? Do you give up when there are so many challenges? What is your greatest desire when things get tough for you? Can it be likened to the desire of the deer for water in time of drought? And you know what the psalmist says in Psalm 63 verse 8? He says, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. When you really look at what he's saying here, the psalmist is not just saying that I'm chasing after God. He also recognizes that he's in the hand of God. Oh, you didn't get that. Sometimes we think our chasing, we're doing it alone. I've discovered that God is the one who puts the urge to pursue him in our heart. And you know what I call it? The womb of God. Hallelujah. You see, sometimes we think we're chasing after God, but God is busy chasing after us. Amen. He's chasing after us. I became a Christian in 1989. And in that 1989, there were people praying for me. Amen. I used to go to church. I was a choir boy at whatever age. When I was 20-something, the pastor of the church wanted to make me an elder. And my mom said, you want to kill my son? But even at that time, I wasn't born again. But they just saw all the activities I did. I will do different activities. Is it acting? I'll do it for church. Is it singing? Everything I did. And they thought, wow, this guy is gifted. He's talented. Let's make him an elder. And my mom said, what? Leave my son alone. But you see, in all of that, I wasn't the one chasing after God. But God was chasing after me. Until I got to the point where I'm now chasing after him. Can you see that? You see how interesting it is. So he says that God's hand upholds him. Amen. Have you ever wondered why Jesus said in John 6, 4, 4, he says, no one can come to me unless my father draws him. Amen. <laughs> so God is looking for you. He's looking for the sinners. He's looking for those who do not know him. He is constantly on the search. He said, Adam, where are you? Even when Adam had messed up. Amen. God is the one chasing after you. He's wooing you. Amen. He's the one who has put that desire to hunger after him in our heart. Amen. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you 
with an everlasting love. Therefore, listen to this, I have drawn you, amen, with loving kindness, with loving devotion. God draws us to himself. The impulse to pursue God is from him. But you know what the saddest thing is? We can ignore it. <laughs> you remember what I said to you earlier about my car <laughs> being outside? Okay? I had a choice when Brother George said to me, the tree is about to fall on your car. Can you move it? Okay? I had two choices. One, ignore to move it. But what do you think I did at first? I ignored. <laughs> and that's what we do most times when God is chasing after us. And then it comes to a point that chasing after God just dies out. And we wonder, why am I so cold? Why am I so lukewarm? It's because we ignored the chasing. Amen. Listen. I know you all are. You all are young and matured. <laughs> when I was wooing my wife, thirty something years ago, okay, I would go to her place. She would see me off to the bus stop. I'll see her back. We'll keep going that way. Okay? But let me put it this way. If when I was going to see her, and she ignored me. And I did it for years. What do you think I'll do? I'll give up. And that's what we do not realize about God. It's not that God has given up loving you, but is given up chasing you. Are you getting me? So there's got to be a catching of God as he chases us, so that we can chase him. Amen. You know, when you look at Moses, I put this here, I said, God caught Moses' attention. Exodus 3, 1 to 6. You can just imagine Moses, 40 years in the palace, is eating on the table, gold, what do you call it, silver spoon, okay, I'm so sure Moses probably never took a bath. They had to bath him. You watch all those. Okay? Because he was a prince. 40 years. And then, 40 years, he's in the wilderness. There's no serving. He is actually serving sheep. Are you getting Please, I want you to listen to where I'm coming from. He's there, and I'm sure while he's there, he's saying to himself, what has happened to me? He's asking himself, where did I go wrong? Forty years, and then within that forty years, the Bible says he saw the bush burning. Guess what? But the grass was not burning. God caught his attention. Amen. Sometimes God is using little things to catch our attention. And sometimes there are things that we think they are dangerous things. It could be accident. 
It could be your house burning, <laughs> fire in your house. It could be anything. It could be your children. But God is using something to catch your attention. And when he caught Moses' attention, Moses never took his eyes off him. Moses chose to follow him everywhere. Even though Moses said, I cannot speak. I cannot speak. And God said, who created the mouth? Moses was still running away from God, even though he was running up looking for God. <laughs> Does that make sense? You're running away from God, but you're still looking for him. And that's where the psalmist is saying, my soul thirsts for God. Is your soul thirsting for him today? Amen. My soul follows close behind you. My soul follows close behind you. That means you're going. My soul is coming after you. But you see, in reality, I'm in his hands. Because he says, your right hand upholds me. Are you getting the picture? So where are you in this equation? Hallelujah. The only thing we need to do is respond to his wooing. Hallelujah. You, you know, there are love, love um, scriptures. How many of you know that there are love scriptures? Amen. And sometimes you need to go back to those love scriptures. Let me show you one beautiful one in the book of Solomon. Songs of Solomon, verse, chapter 1, verse 4. Draw me after you and let's run together. Hallelujah. This is God saying, come, let's run together. Let's run together. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will rejoice in you and be joyful. We will praise your love more than wine. Rightly. Do they love you? God is wooing you. He's wooing you. He's saying, I love you. How much love do you want God to show you? How much words of love do you want God to give you? How much does he mean to you? I believe the answer to the chase after God is to pursue him until we're found by him. Amen. Listen to the cry of the heart of the psalmist again. He says, my soul first for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? One of my biggest challenges is that question, where is your God? I want to see people stop asking me that, where is my God? Because when they see me, it has nothing to do with a car, it has nothing to do with a house. It's when God himself radiates his life through me. That wherever I go to, wherever I am at, people are getting saved. People are getting delivered. People are getting, chains are being broken. Shackles are being removed. You know why? Because I've chased after God and I've been caught by Him. And now He's using me. You know why some people hate the word God, is, God uses you? It's because we've not caught up with Him. 
when he catches us and we catch up with him and we understand him. You think Moses cared about being used by God? No, 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 no. He loved it. That was why he was asking God for more. I want more. I want more. <laughs> Who wants to be used by God? You have to ask for more. You need to go and read the Welsh Revival. Um, what's his name? Something Evans. I will remember. Evans. The more God was pouring on them, the more they were screaming for more. They go, more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. But we have a tea a coffee and we've arrived. <laughs> there is more to God, people of God. There's more. Let's chase after him. Okay? The psalmist's life, despite the blessings of God, was a constant desire for more of him. Says, when shall I come? When shall I appear before you? My tears, how much do you weep at night? Oh God, I want more of you. I want to know you. Amen. Hallelujah. In, faith, in the face of your challenges, in the face of your trouble, you're on your face. You're saying, God, I want more of you. I want to know you. And you know the reason why Moses so much cried out to God that I want you was that he knew that he had a million people and there was no way in this world that he was going to feed a million people, that he was going to take a million people to the promised land. So he needed God. Amen. When I pray sometimes, I say, God, you're the pastor of this church. It's not me. <laughs> He's a senior pastor. You see, because you all here, you have needs. Am I lying? Do you think I can meet your needs? No. He's a senior pastor who will meet your needs. <laughs> so he's always, Lord, you're a senior pastor. It's not me. Okay? okay? Because if he doesn't meet your need, no one else can. And that's why the psalmist says, my soul... First for you. Every night, my eyes are filled with tears. Where are you, God? Are you, chase, are you going to chase after him? Let me show you something about Paul. Paul blesses me, especially this scripture in Philippians 3. Despite the revelations, the visions, the sufferings, everything Paul had experienced, Paul confessed that his sole desire and thirst was to know God. Amen. Look, I would rather know more of God than have a beautiful car. <laughs> Does that mean I don't need a car? I do. But a car can never satisfy my soul. Many of you know that when cars... You buy a car for 25,000 pounds today. The minute you drive it out, it probably becomes 15,000. Okay? And it depreciates. Okay? But God appreciates. <laughs> There's always an increase. There's always more. Paul says this. He says this in Philippians 3. He says, But what things were gained to me, this accounted loss for Christ. 
loss. And you see, when he says loss, he says it's of no further use to him. They're damaged, irrelevant. These things that were important to Paul became unimportant since he met Christ. Since you met Christ, are there things that were important to you that are still very, very, very important? Please don't go here and say, I said to you, don't stop your work. Stop your, no, 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 no. You can still work, but be the best in your work. Because you counted everything you used to do that did not bring God glory. Everything you did that was important as unimportant. Amen. Then he goes on to say, yet indeed, I also count all things lost. Now listen to this, because when I read this, this actually caught my attention. He says, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. And I began to look at the synonyms for excellence. And I realized that one of the things, Paul, what Paul was saying here is, for the highest standard. Amen? For an outstanding. Hallelujah. The highest Quality, exceptional, hallelujah. How many of you want to go that far? <laughs> You're saying, God, I don't just want to know you because you put bread on my table. I don't just want to know you because, because I have a job. Because I have a job, people need to know that I know you. Amen. How many of you here are looking for the highest standard of the knowledge? You have to do what Paul did. Sometimes it, it, it does. Look, you have to count everything as loss. If we're still holding on to the things we've gained, our credentials, our certificates, it will be difficult. I remember praying to the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want television work. I want to work as a civil servant. It, it, it's so funny because some people who see me, even in my workplace, say, what are you doing here? I say, I told the Lord, I want to work as a civil servant. I have been in that industry. I know what the industry is like. But now I want to work as a civil servant. Even when I've had the opportunity to be promoted, I've said, no. I don't want to because it will take away from me the work I'm doing for God. How many of you know that doing God's work is the most important work on earth? It is. It is. So you have to get to that point where you're saying, God, I count everything as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of you. Amen. For the excellence of the knowledge of you. Hallelujah. One of the other words for excellence in the synonyms was matchless, fearless, supreme, first rate, first class, splendid, superlative. Hallelujah. Applaudable. And I was looking at this, I said, wow, this is, this is what, how much Paul wants to know here. Even with him, 
being a Pharisee that was taught by one of the greatest Pharisees, Gamaliel. When Paul begins to give you his credential, he says, with all this credential, it's all dunk. It's all rubbish in comparison to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. So he was like a deer hunting for more of God. Amen. Actually, I think I read a scripture in the psalm. It says, let your word Saying, God, teach me not to talk too much. Because when I talk too much, I hear less of you. I want to know you so much that I can hear you clearly. When you're saying to me, do this, I can do it. it you know, sometimes we need to go and read about Jesus. And I remember when, I think it was 1991 or 1992. When a man of God prayed for me, he said to me, I want you to go and study and read up on, read the four Gospels. And when you read the four Gospels, you find out that Jesus spoke very little. He didn't say much. And only said what the Father wanted him to say. Why do you think that was so? Because just as Jesus chased after the Father, wanted to do everything the Father was doing, we are expected to do the same thing. Speak little. Only say what the Father wants us to say. Let's pursue God like we've never done before in 2022. Amen. Paul was saying that, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is from God by faith. What he was saying is that everything I had gained, my successes, my achievement, they are worthless, useless in comparison to the knowledge of Christ. Amen. And I just want to encourage us today. That Paul says this in 3.10, that I may know him. Not just know him, but the power of his resurrection. Not just the power of his resurrection. Now, this was quite interesting because when I read it, I said, you know, hey, let me be truthful with you. Sometimes I hate praying this prayer. Let, let me not stand here and boast. But now I'm getting to pray it. Because when a person says, it's not just power and resurrection, he's now saying to you, fellowship of his suffering. Do you know what that means? Yoked with your suffering. Jesus was nailed on the cross. Jesus was beaten. Jesus was spat at. So he's saying all those things, Jesus was rejected. All those things, I want to know it. I want to be part of it. Have you ever thought about it that way? This is a man panting for God. And he's saying, wait a minute. Okay, you raised the dead. I heard that. You, 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 you delivered people. You cast out demons. Okay, that's good. You rose from the dead. That's good. But there's still one thing more. For me to be complete in you, I have to learn about your suffering. You know, there is a song we sing. 
And the song says, I don't know what it costs. Yes, sing it. Now, it's a song that actually says, I don't know what it costs. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins nailed on that cross. None of us, none of us. But that's Paul, what Paul was saying here. My fellowship with you, I must experience. And that's why I run away from that prayer. Okay. Look, I'm not here to beef myself up. There are prayers you run away from. But you know that if you're chasing after God, you cannot do but pray those prayers. Amen. Are you, are you, are you getting me, people of God? Because when the deer pants for water, because apparently when he drinks, he sustains a deer for a period of time. And so, the, the psalmist here is saying, look, I'm in the wilderness. Things are going round about me. I'm suffering. I'm facing challenges. But they cannot compare to the hunger and the thirst I have for you. Amen. People of God, rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. Pauses that I may know him. Everything about his salvation came down to just one thing, the pursuit of knowing God. Amen? The pursuit. We have been speaking of Moses all through, but you find out that even Moses, when the children of Israel were running away from, from the thunder, from a, Paul, a, 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 Moses went in. Sometimes we need to do the, the, the unimaginable. Amen? Do the unimaginable. Amen? And say, God, we want to know you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Moses said, please show me your glory. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And Peter said, where do we go? You have the word of life. Amen. So where do we go to? Who do we run after? Who do we chase after? We chase after him. We run after him. When things are not going the way they should go, Run after him. When he feels as though things are falling apart, run after him. When he feels as though the, 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 the mountain are all around you, run after him. Are you getting me? You know, I think it's Psalm 125 that says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, even now and forevermore. Then he goes on to say that the scepter of wickedness shall not rest in the land of those of the righteous. Amen. When the enemy is throwing things at you, because you're chasing after God, because you are surrounded by God, you know what? The scepter of wickedness shall not rest in your land. It shall not rest in your household. They will come at you one way, but they will flee in many ways. Scripture says they will gather, but because the gathering is not unto God, it shall not stand. You know why? Because you're a man who pants after God. And when you pant after him, he fights for you. So don't, don't worry about your situation right now. Chase after God. 
chase after God. When David said to God, he said, he said, he said to Nathan, he said, I'm going to build God a house. God looked and said, go and tell him, what sort of house do you want to build me? But because it was in your heart to build me a house, I'm going to build you a house. And that's why David's generation has been on the throne. And no one can remove them. Because David chose him. So how are you chasing after God? How do you, much of God do you want to know? Amen. That will be for another day. But what I want to, I want to just stir something up inside of you. I can give you 20 reasons why, how you can search for God. But you know what I've discovered? I go to meetings and I write all those 20 things and I don't look at them. Okay. Some of you will write it down, you probably do one. But the most important of them all is sitting down with this word. Sitting down with it looking at it, speaking to him, telling him, Lord, I want more of you. Holy Spirit, reveal your word to me. One of the things I'm going to teach you before we, we close is before you even want to pick your Bible, before you open and begin to read, thank the Lord for his word. Because he says his word is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And it divides between bone and marrow. There's nothing that is hid from him. So you pick it up before you open it. And you say, Lord, you inspired the word. And I do not know the word. Holy Spirit, please expound your word. Sometimes I share the word and I'm like, oh, where did that come from? Where did that come from? But because you've formed in, you've made the Holy Spirit your senior partner in your reading of the word. And he said, teach me. You've made him your teacher. You know, that's what Jesus said. He said, when he comes, he will teach. He will help. Amen. He will counsel. Hallelujah. So you pick it and you say, Lord, reveal your word to me. Expound it to me. Thank you. And then you begin to read. And I tell you, you'll be surprised. You'll be so surprised of some of the things it reveals to you when you're reading the word. And that's the joy of chasing after him. Amen. That's the joy of knowing that as a deer, you're panting after him. More of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, Lord. I can never have enough of you, God. Amen. How many of you have, have enough of God? And how many of you want more of Him? Let's stand on our feet, please. And you're going to cry out to Him yourself. Can the worship team please come? You're going to cry out to Him yourself. You know, sometimes we can guide you, lead you, but it's not as when you actually get to that point where you're actually saying, God, God, God. Today, you want to say, God, take me to that place where I actually weep. Amen. Some of us search for God with dry eyes. He says, those who 
God continually weeping, sowing seeds without less return. So let there be, Lord, I want you to know you. I'm chasing after you this afternoon. Okay? As the, as the worship team sings, I want you to reach out to him. Begin to speak to him. Begin to speak to him. Holy Spirit of the living God, come and stir up something in our hearts. Stir up a desire for you. Stir up a hunger for you. Stir up a thirst for you. And if there is anyone out there, or you're here, you do not have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need to chase after him because he's been looking for you. He's knocking on the door, saying, open and let me in. But you're saying, this is my room, this is my house, it belongs to me. But he's saying, open, because in all your challenges, I want to help you. I want you to know me. You see, the reason why we run away from him is because we're sinners. And sinners run. Whether we like it or not, sinners run. But today, you want to say, Lord, I'm not running anymore. I want to come back to you. And if you're here and you want to say that, that Lord, I want to come back to you. I've been running for so long. I'm tired of running. And you're here. Put up your hands. And say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. If you're watching right now, or you're here, I want you to pray this prayer after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I need a Savior. Jesus, you're the Savior of the world. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again so that I may rise again. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Help me to listen to you all of my days. In Jesus' name. If you're here and you've genuinely said that prayer, please put up your hands. If you're here and you've genuinely said that prayer, put up your hands and if you're watching, you can email us. The, the details are there on the screen. And for those of us who are here, we want to cry out to God. You know, sometimes we need to just repent and say, Lord, we've not chased after you. Lord, we've not chased after you. We've chased after everything else. And so I ask, oh Lord, that you forgive me. Lord, forgive me where other things have been number one in my life and not you. And today we just come, oh God, and we say, as the deer pants for the water, so we do pant after you. We do pant for you. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs 
Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him this afternoon. If you have been blessed by this message, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.wordoflife-lcc.org. And remember, God loves you.